We've all been there, in the middle of a job, everything going smoothly, until boom, you're missing a part. United Refrigeration is your one-stop shop for all your refrigeration needs. Use your computer or smartphone to go to www.uri.com at any time of day or night to check stock on your favorite brands, such as Copeland, Sporlin, Carlisle Compressors, Danfoss, Emerson CPC Boards and Sensors, Carell, Hussman Parts, and Ketotherm. United Refrigeration Inc. is home to these brands and many more. Looking for information on refrigerant conversions or refrigerant banking? Quick access links on the homepage can get you to the information you need. All approved accounts are able to see live to the minute inventory and pricing. Product not in stock at your local branch? No problem. Use the nearby stock feature to find a local branch that does have what you need. Are you looking for a branch address, phone number, or after hours number? That's all available as well. Just click on the branch locator and search for your local branch. Have a model number and looking for a replacement part? www.uri.com forward slash ARP has a vast list of quick pick replacement parts. Just search for the model number of the equipment you're working on and click the replacement parts tab. If you don't have an account, click the register button and we'll have you online in no time. With more than 400 locations in North America, each United Refrigeration branch is fully stocked for immediate pickup. Our branch employees have in-depth technical knowledge so we can help you get what you need when you need it. Visit your local store or www.uri.com forward slash ARP today. United Refrigeration Inc. has all your solutions down cold. John, how can you always have the right TV for the right application without carrying hundreds of valves on your truck? You can carry the hundreds of valves on a trailer behind your truck. That's too funny. That would work, but how are you going to do that? Maybe there's an easier way. You can use Sporlin's interchangeable cartridge style Type-Q and Type-BQ uh, TEVs. Type-Q is a conventional design and Type-BQ is a balanced port TEV. Well, come on, I need easy. How easy is it? Uh, easy is one, two, three. And it serves thousands of unique applications. So what's the process? How do I put this together? First, you select the thermostatic element assembly. Then you select the body that you need. Then you select the right size cartridge for the application to get the proper capacity TEV for your application. And then I guess it should also be said you want to actually assemble those to a single valve. That'd probably be a good idea. Indeed. These easy to select and assemble valves mean you're always carrying the right valve for the right job then. If folks want to learn more, what do they do? Uh, you can go to sporland.com and find more information on the Type Q and BQ thermostatic expansion valves. I guess that's Jim and John for Sporland signing off. So, guys, tonight we're going to be talking about micro distribution systems. And you might say, Brett and Kevin, what the hell is that? Micro distribution systems are basically self contained systems that have water cooled condensing condensing heat exchangers that basically instead of dumping all the heat from heat of compression and everything else back into the store we want to try to get rid of that energy somewhere else and so they have usually either 290 units or 449 or 448 units that have water cooled 
And that's what we're going to talk about tonight, basically understanding the water system and why they have it and what it's doing and so on yeah. and so forth. So let's get into it. It's absolute shit of an oh, idea. Come on. It works fine. Absolutely horrendous. So basically, guys, this, this could look a couple different ways depending on the manufacturer. So <laughs> either way, it's going to suck to work on to sleep and you're going to hate your life the entire time you're servicing the store. You're so, so negative. Why it's so negative. Truth? It's the truth. Did your mom not hug you? I, I No. You go pull you go pull the back wall case to go get to a compressor and then let me know how you feel. Okay, all right, all right. So the only ones, the only micro distribution systems that I've worked on, every single compressor is always right on top. Yeah, just go ahead and pull the whole bacon section out of the back wall so you can uh, get to the compressor and uh, yep. yep, that's where we're going. It's, it's gonna be a fun time. It's gonna be a fun time. Oh. And, and then when you're old, you're going to be like, remember that time that went with those dumb micro distribution systems? Now we have some weird refrigerant that now we use. I think we're using water. Yeah. So a couple of different ways they uh, they do these guys. And uh, they, they can either have a glycol loop. They can either have, sorry, my wife's angrily texting me. Uh, <laughs> They can either have a glycol loop with it with a tower that's going mm-hmm. around the store, and mm-hmm. or a dry cooler tower, however they want to have it. But it's a closed loop system with glycol in it, usually generally going to there. Or I've seen it where they use geothermal, and they have a geothermal loop, and they're using that to cool it. So you have say like 50, 60, 70 cases, whatever you have. Walk-ins are usually on them too. And you have a loop of glycol running around a store. So all your refrigerant is contained in the case. So you have very small charges. You could either have propane. You could have CO2, I guess, if you wanted to do it. Like you could probably keep it subcritical, depending on what you had, if, if you were cooling it, cooling down the loop. Like the Coke machines, right? The Coke machines. You could have a 448 and 449. Generally, what I see is 448 and 449 in these and it's just a, a water loop that goes around the store. Usually most of the piping is uninsulated for the water loop because it has it's very low heat, usually like 80 or 90 degrees maybe. And it's just picking up each condenser through the, through the store. And there's usually Blemo valves on there. And when it calls for cooling, when it, when it needs to refrigerate the case, it lets the glycol flow through the condenser and has a set circuit setter on there to get the set amount of flow. And it picks up the heat from the condenser and then it takes it to another media and rejects it, whether it rejects it outside from the gas cooler or uses it to heat the store. So the the circuit setter, what kind of approach are you setting that for? Um, typically on on chillers, water cool condensers, I was setting approaches for like eight to like ten to maybe twelve degrees. I'm not. I have needles, so I'm actually setting the balancing valves to what the delta P is supposed to be across. Uh, the like I, I have need, needles in a gauge. So like I'm actually setting them up the way that the heat exchanger was designed, whatever the pressure drop was designed to be. That's how mm-hmm. I set them up. Gotcha. So gotcha. But yeah, the way you, you, you do it works also, but if it's balanced and then I usually lock them and then right on the handle, what the, what they're supposed to be at. But yeah, you, you could set the approach. Usually it's, it's on, on brace plate heat exchangers. You're looking pretty efficient. So, a couple degrees 
maybe like two, three degrees of, of approach is all you're going to see. You should see. If you start seeing really high approach numbers, you're probably not flowing enough glycol. And if you're seeing the opposite, I'm, I'm sorry, that's backwards. If you're seeing really high approach numbers, no, I was right the first time. Yeah. This is, it's been a long day. If you're seeing really high approach numbers, you're, you're not flowing enough. And if you're seeing really low approach numbers. You could be fouled too, right? If you have a really, really high approach, you, you could be fouled. You'd, your heat exchanger could be fouled or sums up with the pump, not putting enough through there. Yeah. It's uh, something's going on with your flow rate. Now, generally you shouldn't have to mess with these too much and you really shouldn't have heat exchangers falling out on glycol fed stuff. Like if you do a good flush in the beginning and nobody adds anything besides glycol in there, you shouldn't really have heat exchangers falling out. Did those, that glycol loop should have anti-corrosion inhibitors in there. So it should keep that from happening. That's one of the benefits of having glycol in there. That's why when you do your, your flush and fill, you want to make sure you get it all out and you want to get all that water out. Go ahead, Brett. So freeze point, obviously I'm in Texas. It does get down to zero. We could anticipate that, I don't know, we could get down to zero degrees. What, what's, I know the manufacturer will typically specify mix levels, but what are you, what are you seeing as far as percentage up there where you're at in the stupid everything, cold? Everything I've seen has been 35%. So it's been, they're using the same, the same. Eight block. degrees. What's that? Isn't that like eight degrees or zero degrees or some shit? It, it's a, it's a, it's like eight degree slush point, but then <clears> it's, it's first points like minus 13 so it'd have to shut off the more the higher glycol percentage you have the 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 bigger the pumps you're going to need the bigger the heat exchangers you're going to need so it would only happen if it shut off and locked the condenser on in the middle of winter worst case scenario that that would just be some shit luck at that point but yeah 40 percent would probably be better but the last couple stores i've seen that we did in like downtown it was it was 35 and to be honest, like it would probably never see the wind chill or anything like that. Or like, it's probably never going to get that cold because it's in a, a grouping with a bunch of towers. So it's probably never going to get, be an issue, but yeah, that, that could be an issue. And if you burst that you're, you're done. But I've also, we, I've seen more geothermal loops than I have towers. So they're using the geothermal loop to run a heat exchanger that's running everything inside so there's no risk of freezing outside and then also i've seen it where they now this is a risk they're taking an air handler say a 100 percent outside air handler a dsoa so they're using that to pressurize the store and they're using that for heating a heating coil and a dehumidification coil for the store they're using it for reheat so they're running that that glycol after it leaves those heat exchangers to go in there. Now there's a couple different manufacturers when it comes to this stuff. So you have solo chill, which is Hill Phoenix's deal, which is really Corel. They just leased the, the name from them. So it's all Corel stuff in there. Yeah. And then Corel has their own type of case. Like they, they have a solo chill esque. I think they call it a hero case or something like that. Or Hilo, hero, helos, Hilo. Yeah. Not I don't know. I got to look, but it's, it's basically the same thing. It's probably the same setup, same yeah, controller. You, you got a, you got your, you got your condensing unit on top. 
you get your refrigerant lines that go into the case and you have a metering device. It's, it's no different than a self-contained system, except you have no condenser now. You have no condenser fan. You just have a glycol loop and a modulating ball valve if you have it. Some of them don't have it. Some of them do. They're using that to control condensing saturation temperature. And some of them are just a in and out ball valve. Or it's just it's just a straight flow all the time. Some of them have or have that the way to modulate the head pressure. So generally that water loop doesn't get I've never seen one with a colder set point than 70 degrees. So it it's maintaining 70 degree fluid temp, which should give you like 75, 80 degree condensing temperature at, at, at max. On your systems that you're seeing out there, are you seeing some sort of bypass? bypass valve on the on the furthest run because if you're on a solo chill type unit that has a ball valve there that shuts off during non-condensing in a low load situation when the store is already cold there's a high probability you could have a bunch of these freaking cases shutting off right and it, that's going to cause a higher differential unless you have some kind of balancing valve out on the furthest run like taking the brunt of that you know what i mean so the the, the two or three that i've seen had a bypass valve from the supply to the return at the pump skid, and they also had VFDs in the pumps. Okay. They're, they're, it's a variable flow system. So they're looking at in-the-line differential, and when it gets too high, they start stepping back the pumps. And then the low-to-high bypass is your final, your final, oh, shit, we got to keep this flowing. But, yeah, most of them have been variable pumps. Now – like the, the soul chop style chill stuff, like it's on top. You have like the cases, which in my opinion are probably the worst cases ever made by anybody. And I hope I never ever work on one again. You don't have to edit that one out. Okay. Just making sure. The, 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 that one could stay. <laughs> so those cases were. Not looking for a sponsorship then. All right. No yeah. Well, well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a sponsorship from them. They they ruined three years of my life. So, on, on call working on self contains it with cap tubes. So some of those cases still have cap tubes in them. Most of them been converted to TXVs. So they had they were critically charged units. Well, critically charged units with with variable water capacities. You could have ninety degrees one day and seventy degrees a couple of days later. Well, those units didn't have the amount of charge you needed in them. So they were like nonstop problems. So they converted most of them over to TXVs. They still have issues because they don't have receivers. So these systems need some kind of buffer. If your water temperature is going to differ, you're going to need a buffer. If you have enough gas in there for when it's 70, it's going to be too much gas when it's 90. But when it's running 90, you're not going to have enough when it's 70. Ahead, yeah, so we have we have a system that's like that that it actually has a bypass. You know what? Never mind. It's a three way valve. It's a three way valve, and essentially, so if the, the glycol gets X temp, right, it'll it'll be like, hey, I don't want to get any colder because I want to keep this. Because if you keep the the load constant, you keep the saturated condensing t- temperature constant, then the, the unit's going to run a lot smoother. So if the glycol starts dwindling down to get too low it'll bypass the the whole entire dry cooler or batic cooler whatever the hell they're using to bring that glycol temperature down they'll just bypass it and just keep that up yep just just like you would on, on a, a chiller system with a 
tower bypass. I mean, very, very, very similar. So it, it has a tower bypass valve in there. So it's either a three-way valve or they're using Blemos to do it, to bypass it, to keep it steady. But it, you're still going to have some, obviously in the middle of summer, you're going to be running 90, 90 degrees. It is, there's no way to get around it. A dry cooler can only give out so much. So you're still going to have that that difference. So you're still going to have some charge some charge issues there. So that that was a big thing with those things was they didn't have enough refrigerant in them half the time in order to operate properly. We got we got one of our first sets, and it was in a store that was in the city, and there were cases, and every single case was too tall to get in the building. So however many units that they have. Oh, we had to do the same thing. You had to you had to recover the refrigerant, snip the lines, cap them, get them back in the store, put everything back together, <laughs> put it back. We had to do the same thing because we were bringing them through the window. Bullshit. And, Bullshit. Yeah, in, in, in the city, we were bringing them through the window with a lull, and we had to fucking cut every fucking unit loose. It was a nightmare. I will say this about the Soul Chill. At least they come loose, and then they they have those shitty ass lines that are those fittings that are going to leak every time. And the, the the quick connects, the ones they use on like ice machines. Yeah, I I never I don't give a shit if I follow the direction to a T. I never have good luck with those things, so I always end up cutting them out. I don't think you're using a, a torque torque adjustable. Yeah, I've used a torque wrench and you're, a torque. You're I, I have. It's just they get they leak like months later, but whatever. So like the, at least those cases have that. The Husman cases though, those ones are in the back wall. Not really sure why they chose the back wall, but uh, to me personally, I would think that would put some heat in the case. Like you're you're putting some load back in the case by putting a compressor in the back wall. I've never actually worked on a solo chill. Really? Never. Worked on the Carter case, worked on the AHT style cases that they make. But I've yeah. never worked I never worked on a it's it's honestly it's way over complicated than it needs to be. Like it's there's like inverter board inside of it. So they're variable speed rotary compressors. So it's it's an inverter board inside of it. It's EV driver board. There's a vapor injection EV. Like it's it's way overly complicated. It's 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 like they shoved the guts of a mini split into a self-contained and said, "Here you go." Wow. So it, it's just it's just way overly complicated. Like for for a green tech to be like, "Oh, it's just a self-contained system. Go ahead and work on it." Yeah, good luck. And then if, it, unless you got a hero stare, like that or hero, whatever it's called, like you can't see half of half of what the controller's doing. So you need their, their main like system to see what it is. The description file for the E2 is absolutely horrendous. Like it, it doesn't have, it doesn't have nearly enough information to troubleshoot it. It has like the basic information. You need the actual like, front end for Corel to be able to get into this thing to actually see like all the inputs and outputs and what this thing's actually doing because is is it low on gas or is it the inverter board stepping back or is it compressor toast or is the inverter board stepping back 
So it's it's kind of nice that it keeps it running and it seems kind of smooth, but it's way overly complicated for what for what it's doing. It's it's one case. I don't see the benefit of micro DS to having, say, you have seventy compressors now in a store going. Yeah, there's seventy tiny compressors and you have less of a refrigerant charge, but in the the other gist of it, it's got to use more more energy. You think? I, if, it's, I, it, if it's if it's stepping back and it has a, you said it has a very speed. Yeah, some of them the cases don't because those are budget cases. <laughs> wish.com cases. Yeah, they are. They're wish.com cases. Like, like they, but like they, the, the, the soul chill cases. Yeah, they're stepping back. But at the end of the day, you still have that many compressors in the store. And then your failure rate. Okay, you get, getting those rotary compressors. Those aren't sitting on a shelf anywhere. They're not. No. Oh, you're you're talking about the the ones that lay sideways. Yeah, the solo chill ones. Like the, the, like those are all Italian compressors. I'm pretty sure. Either that or Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi, maybe. Maybe. But like, you're not gonna find Hitachi. that. No, Hitachi, Hitachi, Hitachi. That's what it is. You're not gonna go to United or an Ilco and just go get one of those that's sitting on a shelf like like you would a 3D or a Copeland compressor or a Carlisle compressor, like that's something that's going to have to get come from a manufacturer. So then that case is down for days. So like, I, I don't see the benefits of like that side of it. It's, it's refrigerant mitigation, right? They, they, they can, they can control how much refrigerants in the store. But then again, like, okay, now you have 10 cases with say 10 pounds of gas. So now, now there's a hundred, there's a hundred pounds of gas for, so like 10 five doors, say it still adds up over time. The refrigerant's still there, but it's spread out between a million units. It's still the same amount of gas minus the lines, but I don't know. Like, I, I just don't get it. Like, and then the propane thing, I, I get why Husman probably dropped the compressor down in the back wall because they probably needed it for the propane charge. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they had to make, they had to shorten the lines more to get, get, uh, get size constraints to make sure that they don't have they don't go over the what is it now five ounces now, or yeah. is, it, is it finally at ten? It I'm not sure I don't I don't keep up with that. I know it's going to change shortly. I said, yeah. well, they, they've been talking about it, but God, I'm assuming that's why they moved the, the compressor in the back wall and set up on top. They probably needed every bit of that charge to run that unit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's where it becomes a nightmare. Like. I think like the the micro distributed may be nice for like in the beginning like on paper, but like the service side of it, it's got to be an it, it's an absolute nightmare. Take so, a million self contains and dealing with all that, and then you have double electronics. You have all these compressors that are all over the store. I I just don't I don't see the advantage of it. From 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 a service aspect in the construction aspect, I don't see the advantage of it. You're you're muted.
Today's episode is sponsored by the RefraShield RDP Series Differential Pressure Monitors from Westermeyer Industries, now available for transcritical CO2 systems in addition to other common pressures and refrigerants. When the filter element of your coalescing oil separator is contaminated, it can hurt your system's performance and efficiency. But how do you know when it's time to replace that filter? Wait too long to replace and you could end up with a nasty filter blowout. But replacing too often can be a waste of time and money. The answer is installing a differential pressure monitor. The RDP series differential pressure monitors, including the new transcritical CO2 model, are available now from Westermeyer Industries. To find out more information, email sales at westermeyerin.com. That's W-E-S-T-E-R-M-E-Y-E-R-I-N-T-Com. Yeah, and then other... Go ahead. Like, I don't see the... And then, then, then your all your eggs are in one basket. If the glycol loop goes down, you're done. The whole store is down. So if you lose a rack, at least at least you only lose one rack. Or if if you only have one rack, I guess that's a bad bad deal. But like if you lose the glycol loop, you're done. Yeah, but there's always there's usually always redundant pumps, right? So you have a lead lead and lag. So if God forbid something does happen to one pump, you do have that other one. So yeah. what else could potentially happen unless you have that, that dumb type of pipe, the fishing something, whatever pipe that you can never get. Oh my God. Don't even, every time I hear that, it's like, it, it's usually followed by some disaster. Like, Oh, this line's cracking the ceiling and it dumped the glycol all over the place. And uh, now there's a blue, blue cocky all over the, the back room. Like every, every time, like we, we just had some like three inch crack and it's all on, it, it's like impossible to get. So you had a crack and then there was Bukaki. That's what you said, right? <laughs> I'm just repeating what you just said. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's what I thought. All right. Just making sure. But Fucking no. Child. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable, but so so unprofessional. Yeah, whatever you can edit that out. Um, yeah, I mean, if you lose the glycol loop, you're done. Like if 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 you lose the glycol, here's the thing: if you lose a thousand pounds of refrigerant, yeah, you can go to the supply house and generally get a thousand pounds of refrigerant. Go find six hundred gallons of glycol. Generally, it has to get made. What? Oh yeah! Oh, like, you're, oh, you're talking about the the mix. Yeah, like out out here, like generally, we have to like I have to call a chemical company and like it's HOH Chemicals, and they they make all of our glycol. Can't get it from United. Uh, glycol. Up oh. here, it's like they have like smaller like containers, and I don't like to mix it. So everything else, everything up here is HOH. Like every store, glycol store up here has HOH glycol in it. And remember when you when you guys are mixing it, you want to use distilled water when you're mixing it. Don't use regular hose water, which sucks because you got to get all those gallons of distilled water. That's why like I like buying it pre-mixed in this HOH chemical. I and I'm I'm good with that, but I'm saying if you don't have the the let's just say you get 100% glycol and you need to mix that shit, then you need to mix it. I'm just gonna tell you right now that like 99% of people are just gonna grab that hose and mix it with the hose. Especially at two o'clock in the morning, do you really think that anybody's going to be grabbing ninety things of distilled water and mixing them? No, they're mixing them with the hose 
and giving her the old send off. I my hope is that they don't. <laughs> well, this is be well, this is be uh, realistic here. <laughs> I'm I'm being pessimistic. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you're being pessimistic. I'm being optimistic. That that's a, that's a huge downfall with those systems is the the glycol loop is 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 like the Achilles heel. You lose the glycol loop, you're done. But I'm like, I don't know. You just don't like these systems at all. I I don't. I don't like. I, I know. I can. I can tell. Because glycol is messy, and glycol is <laughs> okay. Like if you have a refrigerant leak, yeah, it leaks out. Like it generally doesn't destroy stuff. Like if you have a glycol leak, it's fucking destructive. Like it's everywhere. If you flood a store with glycol, it's bad. What? I have no idea. <laughs> I, have no, I have no. I have no idea. The that that's that's my big complaint with those DS, with those micro distributed systems. Like they're they're not service friendly. They just aren't. I get like their application for like downtown Chicago, downtown Dallas, where you can't put a rack in. Maybe they they don't want to tie into the building loop for the the water for the rack. They they could, but they're now they're they're talking about adding a, a ton of BTUs to the building, which they're going to get metered for and charged for. I, I I get that part of it, and I get that like it may be kind of a bitch to get a bunch of gas in there and everything else, and there may be restrictions with the building wanting that much refrigerant there. So like. I get like the, they have their applications like stores downtown and high rises. Yeah. They, they have an application there. Definitely. Where, where it may be difficult to put a rack in or even get a rack in. So like, I, I, I see that side of, of, of the micro DS stuff. Well, that, that's why I like, I, w- I would love to see, and I haven't seen one yet, but it totally makes sense. Instead of taking the, the glide call and running it out to the, the, the bypass around it being able to utilize that heat instead of just blowing it outside. So if you need a little bit of additional heat, sensible heat, just, just to raise the dew point in the store, they're just adding that heat using the glycol that would typically go to the dry cooler and running in through a heat exchanger, you know, right. The main air handler, that would make so much freaking sense in, in a huge like city application, like we were discussing. Yeah, that's generally where I've seen all these all these stores at. They're they're generally in a city application. You, using it to heat the DSOA is like a great idea, and you're recovering that heat instead of throwing it out outside. Why throw it back outside when you can when you could heat the store with it? You're not going to get very much heat out of it, but uh, a 90 degree coil is still enough to you know temper the air going in the store. Then yeah, you're, you need for heat for sure. Yeah, then you you're going to have a hot water coil or a steam coil in there so you might as well use that free heat first and then it's it's used to heat reclaim the store to to get more dehumidification out of the store so there is that that aspect of it that does make sense in that part of it like it it has its it has its design i i think that they need to make them a little more service friendly like putting service ports on them in sight glasses or why they do that though I know they don't want guys gauging up to them and everything else, but, but do you, but then like, if you even go to troubleshoot it, it's like, now nah, I got to either pull the charge or put taps on there. And it's like, 
it it, it is yeah, but that's what we were talking about like trying to figure out like realizing what the temperature swings are going to be and 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 all that other stuff do those solo chill units have pressure transducers on there solo chills do yeah they like, i'll admit they have pressure transducers on okay. there. So, you so, so at least you have that and at least if you that's if you like they have taps on oh, okay so like those are more like Cadillac units. Those things got to be expensive. Like they have got to be. There's a lot of money in controls. Yes, control. When I, when I went, when I went to to Hill Phoenix, down in Georgia, like I saw the assembly line, and it was they were cranking out a bunch of them. Well, were they actually making them there? They weren't. They weren't having them. They weren't having them shipped in. I don't know if the panels were pre-built and then assembled onto the case after. I just I saw them. I don't think so because I saw them building stuff. I guess like if if they have a print on how it is supposed to be, I guess it's kind of it's interesting. I I, I get it. it. Definitely has its place. It's just I wish they were a little more service friendly. Some of the other cases, the like cabin ports, and remember the soul chills when I did a startup and I had all the receivers piped backwards. Yes, that sucked. That was miserable. I think, I think that's why you're so miserable. Like as far as on this on this subject, I think this is why you're just angry. <laughs> how many? No, no, seriously, how many fucking cases were there? Remember, like how many cases were there? Fifteen or twenty out of like thirty. Okay, so you had to recover charge for every single one of those things. And then I had to fucking burn Pulse them off the wall. Yeah, which the receiver was in a bitch spot in every single one of them. And it was the the bolt to get the receiver out was in this, just an absolute ignorant spot. That's why you're fucking angry. I know. I get it. I hear it. Yeah, that that and then then they ought to be repiped. So like we had to repipe them around. Like it it was a pain. Like that was, yeah, that was bad. Like I just wanted to like quit that day. And it was like you go to the next one. It's like head pressure issues. Fuck. Go to the next one. Head pressure issues. Mm. it's like just next one same thing it's just like oh come on <laughs> yeah that was rough and uh, i i pray to god nobody ever has to use a torch in those things why they're tight there's wires uh, all over the place there's boards wires sensors like armaflex everywhere it's just it's just like so compact and they're tight by the way, I did want to tell you, I, I did a, a Kevin thing about two weeks ago. We were, when I was out in Arizona, we had to do the preliminary checks on Rack C. And I had people there with me helping. And I was like, well, I'm going to give you the job of tightening all the electrical connections. And that means everything inside the pecker head. He got introduced to, to thermal grease. What's your fucking dick? <laughs> he's like he opens it up he's like what the fuck am i supposed to do with this i said uh paper plate in, in a bucket oh i was fucking covered in that shit like he's going california we we had a swap a compressor real quick on a, on a one of those lovely racks that i'm not gonna say right now yeah 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 I was lit. They literally like this one. I don't know who this dickhead was, but if I ever find out who did it, like I swear to God, he took like a trowel and it was like fucking flat across the top. So I'm in there with gloves, just scooping this shit out. Like I got two whole handfuls of dielectric grease and I could just literally like, like throw them like they're fucking snowballs. 
and it's just everywhere. And then yeah. it's like Andy sees it is it's down your fucking arms. It's in your fucking ass crack somehow. Like it's just like it sweats and it absorbs. Like it's it's just running everywhere. So yeah, so I told I didn't even look at it because like I I like I heard you and James talking about how just atrociously horrible it was, and I'm like. Yeah, I need you to do this. And and like I said, as soon as he got the pecker head off, he goes, But what what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, it was it was bad. Like it was it, it it's it is absolutely horrendous. Like that stuff. It that and that and anti seize a little bit goes a long way. But yeah, no, it's that that is no fun. But yeah, like these but that shit's all over those units too, because like they, they condensate because all that all that moisture's in there. That's another thing, like this micro DS stuff. So like everything's insulated, but all that condensation's on top of that case. So eventually that stuff's going to start running backwards. You're going to get a compressor sweat in a little bit. It's going to leak out on top of the case. And you're going to have all these mini water leaks everywhere. So I don't know. That, that That's that's my take on the micro DS stuff. I know like Hussman is like pushing the shit out of it, like on their side. They're really pushing their micro DS stuff with the like the propane. They're they're deep into it. I it doesn't seem like everybody else is they're pushing the opposite. I will some there what is it? Is it Lidl? Lidl that that is using a lot of the micro DS stuff. Yeah, they're like all these biggest competitor. Like yeah. they're, like their 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 stores are all micro DS. But do they have a rack for the the low temp or no i i that i don't know but i what I, I what i do know is that i i've seen when i was at uh that conference out in california they they were showing us like these cases that they're putting together like putting up a whole like an all these size store within a day and just getting it running right because the only thing you'd have to do is just hook up the glide call hook up the electrical and wham bam thank you ma'am start it up yeah i don't know like but like you, you gotta look at like the the I look at it both ways. So hmm. in a sense, we're like opting ourselves out of this job because they could hire somebody for 12 bucks an hour to go change out a condensing when they can't figure out what's wrong with it. Just hook up the quick connects and walk away. And then I, I don't know. Like I, I just, I don't know. It runs like shit. There's no way it's more efficient than a properly running rack. I'd say we asked the guys from Dalkia. Take the take a BTU load of a rack that would need to be big enough for X amount of BTUs. Get a, the same amount of size of of compressors that it would take to run that, and give them the numbers. Be interesting if we had those guys come back on. Um, that's an excellent idea. Like take take a micro DS store. Yes it would take and then take that running i would interested to see running co2 and then that same store running dx 448 yeah let's do that that's a good idea it's i i, I don't think the D, micro ds is going to win it, it seems like everybody else is pushing for co2 so only one manufacturer seems to be like headed on the ds the micro ds like thing still one i you don't see soul chill getting pushed like as hard as hill phoenix is pushing advancer yeah true same thing with like 
I don't even think Zero Zone even offers micro DS. That I'm not even sure. I don't know. I've only seen Carter, Husband, Solo Chill, and the the Corel version. And yeah. oh, A A H A H T. Uh, A H T. Yeah, we're gonna have them on. So just be nice right now. All right. On that note, I actually just decided to change the title, and I don't think Kevin's noticed yet. So, all right, guys, have a great night, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.